The Mighty Whites podcast is recorded at the Medicine Room Studios. For more information, visit medicineroomstudios.com. Hi and welcome to episode 19 of the Mighty Whites podcast. Uh, once again, a uh, uh, reduced number unfortunately, but uh, I'm joined from Portland, KC. Yeah, good morning. Yeah, everything all right, your end? Yeah, not not too bad. It's the, uh, it's the return of the original two-man power trip. Yeah, I think that, that joke's been made every time there's been two of us now. Yeah, it's, uh, I think it's the first time it's just been me and you since episode one. Uh, yeah, I think so. I think the next time... In fact, what we should have done, and we aren't going to edit it because we can't bothered, but seeing as you're called Christian, I should have said I'm Edge. Yes, there you go. Yeah, but uh, well, we'll get straight into the football. Uh, I'm not sure, with you being America, I'm not sure how much of them you got to see, but I think you probably got to see all of this one with times. 2-2 uh, draw away at Derby. Lasogga and Alioski, we are goals. Did you actually get to see this one? Yeah, it worked out really well for me. We ended up having a, a snow day here on the Wednesday, so I I was deliberating because I I work in the morning and the afternoon, um, so I was trying to deliberate beforehand if I was going to have to go to like a Starbucks or something just to watch the game. And then the heavens opened and it snowed, and so I was able to watch it from the comfort of my own apartment, which was lovely. Yeah, cool. Well, uh, I mean, we we didn't start all that great. We were second best for most at first half, but. Lasaga nicked as a good goal, a uh, good cross from Dallas, and it were, we'll give Cooper credit now, it was a really good ball to find Dallas in build-up, because uh, he, made, he made an error later on that kind of cancelled it out, but I think that, I thought that we were going to go in 1-0 up, which would have been, it would have been daylight robbery really, to be honest. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, but it's, it's nice that Lasaga's still in a bit of form, even though he didn't score in the next one, he, so this was 4-5 I think at this point, wasn't it? Yeah, he's he's really picked up these last few weeks. Even though we've not been playing great, his performances have been a lot better than they were probably before Christmas and just afterwards. I've still got horrible memories of his lack of anything at Newport. So, yeah, he seems to be putting himself about a bit more. And I don't know if that's because he's a little bit more settled in now. Um, you know, it looks like he's going to be starting regularly again. So, um yeah, you can't can't really fault him in these last few games. Well, yeah, speak with her saying can't fault him. One place where you can fault him is their equaliser end at first half. Long aimless ball, Cooper jumps for it, and Lawrence de Bock runs inside and cuts him off for no reason. Uh, terrible header from Cooper, terrible positioning from de Bock. Andy Vyman, six yards out. <laughs> Easy finish, but uh, I mean, we may as well get into de Bock now. I mean... For 65 minutes, this was about as bad a performance as you'll see. Uh, yeah, I was surprised that he was that he was on for as long as he was. Um, I could have easily seen him getting taken off at halftime. Um, I think I think you kind of you you have ruined him. For, I was blissfully unaware. I just assumed you know just from what I'd seen of him, perfectly average championship fullback makes a few mistakes. You know but got forward all right, and then you open Pandora's box, and now I realise how bad he is. Yeah, it was quite a well-timed rant, wasn't it, to do it before the derby game? Uh, it was one of those, and the amount of times when you just see yourself, or hear yourself sat there just going, fucking Debock again! <laughs> over and over. Yeah, this, luckily, he had a... He had a pretty good, well, not pretty good. He had an okay last sort of 25 minutes, which dragged his performance from like the absurd into just really shit. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, it got him dropped anyway. (laughs) It wasn't enough to save him when he thought, oh, best pull my finger out here, boys. No. uh, Yeah, he he was such a liability in that game. Um, I, I think it was towards the end of the second half when. He made, I think it was, he put it out for a corner with a slide tackle. And when you just see him going down, you're just thinking, he's going to give away a penalty here. Yeah. <laughs> just knowing how that game had gone for him. Yeah. Uh, the game kind of changed a bit, though, because we were still second best to start the second half. But then, at, like 10 minutes into the second half, Roof went off and size came on. Oh, he's so good. Yeah. <laughs> he's so good. I'm trying, I didn't actually put this in the notes. This is the game where, where Roof had like 11 touches of the ball total, wasn't it? Yeah. I, I, 
I don't remember a single thing Roof did. He yeah. was he was very isolated. Um, didn't get into it at all. Yeah, but when size came on, it just completely changed the game. Every single player in the lead shirt got better. Even even like Debock didn't. Matter. It's just because of the way he picks up the ball and turns to go at people. It just drives the whole team forward, and it seems to give everyone so much more confidence that everyone plays better. Yeah, I, it was interesting because last night I was reading um, there was an article from Phil Hay about Pablo Hernandez, and I, one of the bits it said in there is like the, you know two Spanish creative midfielders, you know, creating a lot of chances, getting a few goals. The, dif- the difference being that. Saez is is built more to protect himself, and he he gives you that more drive forward than Hernandez does. Hernandez is the sort of player that will get the ball, take it forward a little bit, and then that's when he's looking to pass. Whereas you you just look at the you know our second with Saez just getting it, and just driving forward. It, it was you know he charged out of that wall, picked up the ball, rode through one tackle, and played a brilliant pass and. I, I, it just summed him up as a player as, as to what he can do and at this level he he's lethal and when you go six games without seeing him and then he comes in and turns in a performance like that off the bench you, you just appreciate how good he is yeah he's really obviously said about his assist beating two great football uh, Alioski with goal it was nice to see him get one uh, his first the first attempt was terrible <laughs> it was Billy Painter-esque <laughs> He's going through. Go put it in a corner. Put it. Oh, he's put it straight at the keeper. Yeah, but it's in fairness to him, it was a good reaction to head it in. That was Becchio esque. Yeah. No, it would have had to have been a lot lower to be Becchio esque. <laughs> it's only a Becchio header if it's shin high. <laughs> yeah, that break that breakaway was so nice. And when you've got a couple of players like uh, Alioski and Zayas that can do that, then it's just something you don't get too often in the championship. The players of that quality will break forward with speed. Yeah. You know, it, if we could just back them up a little bit more. It'd be great. Yeah, it was a good little touch from Phillips as well to find Saez uh, mm. in the build-up. But the, uh, yeah, it, there's something about Alioski. He's totally different when Saez is on the pitch. It's like his best friend's playing with him. Yeah, well, I, w- I was just going to say, I wonder if it's like Bartley and Ailing. Yeah, it, it's interesting. Is the last... Alioski had that really good vein of form around the Middlesbrough game. Because I think that's when he scored in about... Was it four four goals in five games or something like that? And then since about the turn of the year, not just him, obviously with the form we've been in, but you know he's kind of dropped off a little bit. Um, and I don't know. Again, like you say, having someone like Saez in the team just just seemed to raise everyone. And hopefully, if he's in the team and Alioski can raise his game to try and match that as well, then uh, you know I'm all for it. Yeah. Unfortunately, though, we couldn't hang on. I think it was about six minutes after I messaged you saying, please hang on. Uh, really, really shit goal to give away at the end. It's heartbreaking. That That's that's the best way I could describe it. We've had a few of them this season. And it's one of those, you fully know that with a team like that, that Derby are going to push on and they're going to put put us under a lot of pressure. And you start looking at them back line, you see, you're going, ah, Cooper and DeBach. Uh... Uh, and for the most part, they 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 held out, and you know we rode our luck at times. The amount of chances that I think it was Nugent wasted was just impressive. Um, uh, at the same, it was one of those where, realistically, looking at the game, if if you'd have said it would have finished two two, you'd kind of have to think, yeah, fair enough. But just for it to be that late is just it's just heartbreaking. Yeah. The annoying thing is in the build-up, if Viedval shouts for the ball, then Cooper can just leave it to go through with him and we never give away that corner in the first place. Yeah. But uh, even after that, I mean, it's just a looping, recycled ball back into box and we just, no one deals with it. There's like three or four players. Like Jansen doesn't win the first ball, but he's under a lot of pressure and then it bounces like twice in the box, and the, but no one gets near it. And trust it to be the... You know, guy who was at Uddersfield that scores as well. Yeah, it's just a, it's such a horrible way when you go when you watch a game like that, where for the most part, where you know we're under the cash against a good team, we somehow find ourselves two one in front, and we just can't hold on to it. Yeah, it, but luckily the next game, which was a much worse game, but we got three points, so it was much better. Yeah, a one nil win over Brentford. Liam Cooper with goal from a Alioski free kick. 
he's been due one, hasn't he? Because he's missed a few this season. I, I was just thinking that the, the amount of chances I can think of him wasting from two yards out, where he somehow managed to put it over or put it wide, and then a header from what twelve yards? Yeah, we're really good header, really good header. Yeah, perfect. Like couldn't. There's not many other places you could have put it that would have beaten the keeper. Um, yeah, it was a brilliant header. Which makes you so just annoying that he hasn't already got like four or five this season. Yeah, it would it would have been nice, but we were just even though it wasn't much of a game, everywhere except for like I don't think the centre mids did much really. Uh, we would be playing this one. It was Vieira and Phillips, wasn't it, for this one? Or did no Vieira yeah. came on? Vieira came on. I'm misremembering. It's okay and Phillips. Vieira came on in last minute. Oh yeah, yeah. I just you know tiredness kicking in due to work but no uh, they were both just out of the game kind of passed the mid- central midfield by a little bit mm. uh, but we were massively improved at the back uh, Jansen and Cooper were both solid Anita was in at left back for Debock who didn't, didn't even met the bench but apparently that's because we needed Denton because we needed to have enough English players uh, so okay. that's the reason why although I would pick Denton ahead of Debock anyway Uh but yeah, while Anita may not be amazing at left back compared to the Bock, he was Paolo Maldini. It <laughs> <laughs> yeah, was it were pretty solid defensively, apart from that one really good save that Viedvald had to make from uh, Egan from that left foot volley yeah. from edge of box. Apart from that, they didn't actually look like scoring. Yeah, we we seem to be solid enough, and I suppose when when you're going for a few games without a win, then that is is these sort of games that if you couldn't come out with it with a win where you're not particularly great. I mean, we created a few chances. Um, Phillips went through, I think, in the second half. And I think the I think the, the one I saw, because I only saw the highlights, but when uh, Lasaga beat about two defenders, went round the keeper, and they had about three men on the line yeah. to keep it out. But that was a good chance. A very, a very uh, esque the way he went through there once he was in the area, just kind of dancing around them. I was going to say, the way that he turned, it was kind of like, you know that Ibrahimovic goal for Ajax? Never actually got up to speed, just all turns and drag backs. <laughs> yeah, he just, you know, you've seen the keepers diving at his feet, he's gone around him, two defenders sliding in, he's beaten them, and just one of those, it's just, it is a shame that they got someone back, because that, that would have been a nice goal. Um but again, I think that kind of shows the confidence he's built up a bit now. Um, you know, and I, th- I think just just watching the way he plays, he, he I think he's enjoying his football more than he was a couple of months ago. Yeah, he definitely seems to be. Just going back to the derby game, he he had a cracking battle with uh, Richard Keogh going on. Yeah, Richard Keogh with his eyes. He <laughs> <laughs> just looks permanently angry at things. It's just glares at you um yeah they had, they had a good running battle one of those things where I, I wouldn't have wanted to be on the receiving end of some of richard keogh's challenges but it, you know as, as a, a spectator it's it was interesting to watch those two yeah well uh for the derby game only connie got something because he had a draw we both had us getting beat uh but we all had us beating brentford none of us had correct score so uh unfortunately casey you've dropped back to bottom <sighs> Yeah. Me 57, Connie 48, KC 46. Is this going to be like that newfangled European tournament where I, I get relegated and I have to. Um, Moldova are going to get moved up and then get relegated again the next year? Yeah, but then you've got an easier group, and if you win that, you might get into the podcasting championships. Oh, there we go. <laughs> so you never know. Uh, well, there haven't been that much news in the last week or so. Uh, Hernandez has come out and basically said that he wants a new contract. So, uh, provided it's not ridiculous money, give him one. Yeah, I, it, I think it's one of those, that it, as long as we can come to a compromise, essentially just, you know, a lower basic wage, pay him more when he plays. Um, with the with the way he's been playing this year, um, and he's kind of proved it in these games that he's been in for size, he definitely deserves another year. Yeah, without a doubt. Yeah. The other thing then was the club had a bit of a Q&A session. Uh, Radazani confirmed what everyone had kind of figured out, that Green wanted to be number one, and once he couldn't, he wanted to go have more money if he's not going to be number one, which is fair enough, I suppose, really. Yeah, and I, I suppose with someone like Green as well, for us, he he would have been on half-decent money. 
Um, and and you, you don't blame someone at that age if he's going to be in the championship. Then he'd had a season as number one. We we were behind him at that point as well. He you know especially second half of the season he'd had a very good yeah a very good run. Um, but yeah, if he's not going to feature, then he may as well go to a Premier League club and get paid more. Yeah, I mean, I wish I wish he was still here because he'd definitely get in ahead of Edvald or Lonergan, But did did Rad Rosani or Arta explain um, what they think about the pedestrianisation of Norwich Town Centre? Uh, he did. He said he's a bit worried that people forget that people need access to Dixon's. I believe. Oh, fair enough. Yeah, that's good. It's good. Arta uh, also said that Heckingbottom has the power to say yes or no to transfers, which is what they said about Christensen as well. And he said something that I, I just can't, I find it very hard to believe. He said, in 15 years, he's never signed a player without the OK from the manager. Now, that depends what he means by OK, because it's sort of like, you know, consent is a bit of a dodgy. <laughs> you know, Here's did, your left back. You wanted a left back, yeah. didn't you? Lawrence de Box here. We can't send him back. Do you want him? <laughs> All right. Yeah. yeah. What, what sort of yes was this? <laughs> You can't say no. He stood right behind me. <laughs> yeah. By the yes, this is Lawrence. <laughs> Do you want him? <laughs> Could send him back on a plane. I mean, we'll have to pay for him. And uh, I've lost the receipt. Do you, are you sure you want me to send him back? If I just put him in the squad. It'd be fine. Coincidentally, on, on my football manager save in the third season, I was selling. Uh, had to sell Gaetano. Unfortunately, he's just not up to the Premier League. And he went to Baal and he moved on exactly the same day as Lawrence de Bock joined them. So that's their, that's their full-back situation, sort of. Yeah, all done. Uh, yeah, but, Baal. <laughs> yeah. Uh, they also said that us signing Lissoga is a possibility, which is, I think, a clever way of saying if he's willing to drop 30 grand a week in wages. Yeah, I, I think... Yeah, I, th- I think I was one of those looking at the way he was talking, looking at the way the club have been talking about it. I, I think it is definitely something that they want to happen. Um, like you say, if we can, if we can get his wages down, then I, th- I think it's something that the club want. You know, it, I don't think where where like the League One days or even um, Chilino's first season in the Championship when we're just going to get every you know everyone in on load and hope for the best I, th- I think some thought went into getting Lasaga in as to you know this is the way this is the style we want to play he's the man that will suit that style and if this works out then we will try and make this permanent and again as much as a bad patch as he's gone through his, his uh what's minutes per goal ratio is still I think it's now Dropped to third best in the league, but still, you're not going to complain about that. No, I think it was third before the Brentford game, so he may have gone down again. But you know, it's it's a he's got a really good record when he actually plays and he's fit. Yeah, uh, they, they were asked about uh, size and Janssen as well. Uh, well, actually, because Lasaga's got one more year, haven't he, at Hamburg? But they're bottom. They're like bottom at Bundesliga. Yeah, we were talking about this last time, mm. weren't we? If they, if they go, if they were to go down, then he might be someone they'd want to try and keep hold of. Yeah, it's sort of a bit of a weird one where they, if they go down, they'll want him, but might not be able to afford him. And if they stay up, they probably don't want him. So either way, he's probably leaving. I did see some uh, some German, some like German sports journalists getting retweeted saying that he expects Lasaga to be in England next season. But there's also some saying that. It won't be to, that. It won't be to us, and it'll be to someone who's a bit more competitive financially. Ah, Aston Villa. Yeah. Well, actually, or whoever the next team is to do a Birmingham. Yeah, true. Have you seen that thing going around Twitter with their wages from their summer dealings? No. Oh, I've got it on my phone here. I screenshotted it earlier. I'm glad I remembered to come up. You know, what we were wondering why didn't we sign Stockdale? Yeah. Forty grand a week. Jesus. Yeah. Maxime Collin from Brentford, three million twenty grand a week. You think they'd have learned after their last few years? Yeah, like this goes longer. Like there's a few. Cal Jenkinson on loan from Arsenal, they're paying thirty five a week. Harley Dean, two million twenty grand a week. Uh, Roberts, three million twenty five grand a week. That and Doy is thirty five grand a week. Apparently, it's just insane. Uh, Gardner, twenty five. Jeremy Bogue on loan from Chelsea's 15. Hotter, 6 million and 45 grand a week. And uh, Sam Gallagher, 
is apparently alone with a view to three million, and that's thirty grand a week as well. That's that's just insane what they're paying at the moment. Yeah, so I mean, it, they're and it sounds like they're going to fall foul of FFP as well. Now, I guess uh, I've just got the league table up now, and I know where are they twenty second. Yeah, I mean that's they, where that's that's where that's getting them. But that's what happens when you hire Harry Redner. Yep. No one was surprised. It's exactly what he does, isn't it? I mean, admittedly, yeah. it's not technically his fault. It's the board's fault if they gave him the money. It's the it's the uh, Peter Ridsdale, David O'Leary thing, isn't it? Yeah. If he asks for the players and they keep saying yes. <laughs> yeah. Someone at some point has got to go, do we really need to spend this much money? Yes. All right, then. Fair <laughs> enough. Uh, speaking of big contract offers, uh, they were asked about keeping size and Janssen. And the club said, well, they said they've got plenty of time on the contract, but... If any player wants to leave, it's hard to keep them. Citing Chris Wood as an example. Which a lot of people got bent, a bit bent out of shape on, but they can't say we are 100% not selling them. Because then if someone comes in with something ridiculous, they look like they look far worse than if they said, well, maybe. Yeah, we, you know, I think we've got to expect that while we're in the championship and while we're working under a certain budget, then if there is a certain level of interest in players, then we, we do kind of have, still have to entertain these offers. And I think, and now I, I kind of in, in the same sense as what, um, Heckingbottom said with his contract, when he just said, so, you know, it's only worth the compensation with players. It is essentially just that guarantee. You know, it's, you don't necessarily expect the players to stay till, what is it? 2021 or 2022 that they've all signed up for. But it's it's that guarantee that at least when they go, we will get, a, we should get a decent payout for them. Yeah, uh, he's, he, Zani also said that he spent twenty million on transfers total, which I didn't add up, but sounds somewhat close to right. And he said wage builds up seven, which he stuck to from before. But one thing that came out that I didn't know is that the wood fee is in installments over three years. Yeah, that seemed like a long time. Yeah, it, it surprised me. I mean, if it had been like you know. Because it was fifteen. If it had been seven and a half up front, seven and a half end at ne- end at season, I could have maybe understood that. But f- three instalments seems seems like a while. Yeah, three. I, I wonder. I wonder if that's a slip up or and and if it's three instalments over a year or something like that. But I say normally two years at a push, you kind of get for some instalments. That just seems a, a fair while. Yeah, it seems odd. Uh, <laughs> by the way, did did you see all the Steve Evans stuff? I did see the Steve Evans stuff. It was quite funny because I think one of the first tweets I came across was someone saying about two days before going, Steve Evans is going to be joining Peterborough, mark my words. And it was a load of Mansfield fans going, no, you wouldn't do that at this time of the season. You know, you, you wouldn't leave now. And then you're just like, oh, he's gone. Yeah, it was a weird one in that because he resigned. And well, on the day he resigned... And then, late, and then, like the next day, was confirmed as Peterborough manager, which I'm fairly sure under law than that they would definitely have a tapping up case. And that if you resign for another job, unless they've been really weird about it at Mansfield and just gone, okay, fine, I'm sure that they're still due compensation. Yeah, it's. I was. It was very dodgy. Apparently, he's from round there. Oh, he, he is definitely oh, from that's where there. he lives now. Yeah, he apparently lives a couple of miles from ground. He used to manage a non-league club there and stuff. Yeah. Um, so when I first when I read that, I went, "Oh, that kind of makes sense." But yeah, it was. Yeah, you know, as best I can tell, I've not had the best of of luck with job interviews. Um, you know, having to pay for background checks and stuff like that. But normally, you don't leave a job and then happen across an interview that same day to be hired the next day. Um, well, maybe that's just me. Yeah, it's a bit of a weird one. Have you seen his excuse today? No. Right, he says that he put in the uh he put in his resignation because he was going to a he was going to look at a job outside of the UK. So they accepted resignation. And then he had like, you know, a day or two until he was going to this place outside the UK. So he rung up Barry Fry to get a couple of tickets to Peterborough game. And he said, Oh well we've sacked as manager. And then Darren McAnthony called him. And then, oh, out of nowhere, he's got the job. Still very coincidental. Yeah, it's a, a lot of coincidence. For And this is 
in no way going to defame him in the eyes of right-minded people, so it's not slander. A man who's not known for his honesty. Yeah. Again, friend, friend of the podcast, Mark Young, who gets his, pretty much as many mentions as Click does at this point. Um, not, not a fan at all after was it Bradford's encounters with Fleetwood. Yeah, wasn't there a game between them where they had like three men sent off each in a brawl? Or I was like after the game as well. Yeah. Uh, speak, speaking of your boy, uh, they won again at weekend, didn't they? Yeah, he's um, he's getting... It's, I'm quite happy for him, at least he's getting some regular game time in. I did notice, though, from going through Instagram, every time the club posts something or one of the players posts something, Click is like the first person listed as liking that picture. Yeah, maybe he thinks he's... I mean, he did say that the only reason why it didn't work out is because him and TC did not get on. Yeah. So maybe he'll be back next season and raring to go, we'll see. Hopefully. I mean, it'll be interesting to see what happens. I think, you know, in an ideal world, we all kind of want to see Vieira and Philip strike up a magical partnership that will last their whole career and never see them leave but you see them play together at times and you do think oh, it's a bit lightweight this I don't I don't think he've, he've, the only one that's an automatic choice in central midfield is Falshaw yeah who I'm I'm getting to be a bigger fan of by the day uh, I mean just from the bits I've seen of him what was the um, I'm trying to think what the game was I saw but what was the game before Derby uh, one before the one before Derby was that the two two with Bristol City. Yeah, that was it. When I got to see that, and you just I'm just watching Forshaw, just thinking he is he is a quality player. Yeah, he's he's great. Uh, there's been one more bit of news: uh, Villa and Leeds on in April has been moved to Friday, April thirteenth, and uh, Phil here tweeted that that's the nineteenth game of the season that's been moved for Sky. Jeez, like. By that point, we'll be on like what forty games, forty one games. So we'll we'll be yeah. getting not far off one in two of his games moved this season. Uh, it's scandalous, and and again, it's one of those things that you look at and as Sky TV, you know, just from Sky's p- perspective, I understand why they do it, but Jesus, it's just happening far too much. Yeah, I mean, it really is pretty much constant, isn't it? Now it's. I know no one wants to go to Birmingham at any point, but who wants to go to Birmingham on a Friday night? Yeah. No one. Uh, I haven't checked the. Uh, I haven't actually checked if this is right, but I saw a couple of people tweet it, so I think it must be right because it literally happened when I was on my way to record. That I saw it. Apparently, we're also away on the Tuesday night before that. So the people that go every game have got an away trip Tuesday night and a away trip Friday night, which is it's a lot for in one week. It's a lot of money to be shelling out and stuff. Yeah. Especially if they're the people that book stuff early. This is this is it though, and I'm sure Sky. And the football league can happily hide behind their their self made rules of, oh well, we did it within the time frame that we allotted. And you're like, oh well done, you followed your own rules. Good job, guys. Don't worry about the people who in September will have booked hotels or, you know, will have booked time off or something like that. But no, don't don't you worry about that. Yeah. Well, who'd have thought? Who'd have thought you'd want to put Leeds versus Villa, or two former Premier League teams? Who would have thought at the start of the season you'd, Sky would want to put those two teams on TV? Yeah, it's it's annoying. And speaking of games being moved by Sky, because uh, this one will be a much shorter podcast than normal. Middlesbrough away tomorrow night as we're recording. It's looking about fifty-fifty at best that the game's actually on. From everything that I've seen, I'm thinking it probably won't be. The pitch will be fine, but I can't see the health and safety people claiming it. Yeah, it's, I think at this point, the the bigger concern is the land around the stadium, isn't it? I know. And apparently all the loads on the drive up, there's been loads of accidents today and stuff, and they're expecting more snow overnight. Yeah. That'd be a shame, but, you know, obviously you want to do whatever's the safest thing. I've seen a few people today saying that, you know, the M62 and the M6 are still fairly treacherous as well, and um, I've just seen pictures of what, it's been going on over there, but it looks for looks for us anyway. It looks pretty heavy. Yeah, I know. Like Scandinavians and Canadians and stuff are looking at us like, "What the hell? That's not even snow." I have to dig myself out of my house every day, and I still get to work. <laughs> but I say we just don't deal with it very well over here. Uh, but we'll preview it as if it's going to happen. Uh, they're eighth in league, fifty-two from thirty-four, so pretty tight in league. It'd be a really good one to get a result in. Uh, their last five, they drew 3-3 at Sunderland, 3-1 win v Hull. 
lost one nil at Cardiff, beat Reading two one, lost one nil at Norwich. So they're in kind of average form. Not particularly great. Uh, Forshaw will be back after because he missed last game for his son being born, which is fair enough. Yeah, that seems reasonable. Yeah, they can't all just be like Lasaga. <laughs> I was well, the funny thing was I was listening to I think it was a square ball podcast, and they were talking about the Cardiff game, which is uh, it, that was the game when he decided not to go home for the birth of his child, and we put him on the bench. Yeah. <laughs> And played awful. <laughs> He's like, I could have, could have seen the birth of my first child, but no. Yeah. But, no, uh, like I was committed to this. Yeah. There was, there's a bit less straightforward news than last time because the press conference got cancelled for snow as well. Uh, but the, uh, the thing that's come out is that Hernandez and Ruth are both struggling. One of those is a miss. I was going to say, I mean, with Hernandez, he's... It's it's not entirely correct. He it was just a simple. It was just like a fairly straightforward pass, wasn't it? After the uh, during the derby game, and he, he knew instantly. Yeah, he knew something. I think you saw him give was it give his hamstring a bit of a squeeze, and then just said, "Nope, get me off." Um, and it's, it's a shame given how he's played over the last few weeks, but you know, I think this might be the sort of game where you'd want Saez in ahead of him anyway. So hopefully. It'd be good for him to have a maybe a couple of weeks off. Hmm. Um, Roof, yeah, yeah. You like you say one of them's a mess. Yeah, Roof's really not in good form, but it's weird because he looks better when he comes off bench anyway. Yeah, I, I, he just adds that bit of pace, and I think in games when um, you know when we're against better teams, it's not bad having Ekiban up there with Lasaka because you know uh, he's, he's going to be that bit more physical than Roof can be he can hold the ball up a bit more um, and he's going to do some of the, the leg work that Lasa- that you don't get from Lasaga and yes Roof will chase things down but he's, he's not that physical presence you want up there and especially when you're playing away he's a good player to have uh, for these sort of games I think is Ekiban yeah. Well I don't think much will change from our point of view from last game just foreshadowing for Kane I would have thought Yeah um, Yeah I can't see I see too many changes being made. Um, yeah, for sure, definitely. And then I think with the, with the form our central midfielders are in, you could pretty much spin the wheel at this point between O'Kane, Phillips, and Vieira. Yeah, I, I think lately, I think Phillips has, of those three, I think Phillips has looked the best of them lately because Vieira's one doesn't look fit and two is wildly out of form. So. Yeah, and I just remember watching, again, go back to the Bristol City game, and I, I did think when. O'Kane and Forshaw were playing together that they were I think they were a bit too similar for my liking yeah uh, as for them they've I mean they've still got a really good squad which they should do they spent a shitload of money in summer uh, but yeah Darren Randolph's decent keeper defenders Ryan Shotton Ryan Shotton's a bit of a worry because he's got a massive long throw oh god because uh, he was the one that took over for Delap at Stoke under Pulis oh yes I'd forgotten about his time so at Stoke if he's playing, so I bet that he'll start because they'll they'll have seen us defending him against Bristol City and gone right. We'll get these chucked in. Uh, Daniel Ayala at back's decent. They've managed to keep hold of Ben Gibson all season, which if the chairman wasn't his uncle, they'd have no chance. <laughs> He'd have been away to Premier League. Uh, George Friend at left back. He's he's the one to attack. We've got to get him. We're, he he fell to pieces at Ellen Road fairly quickly. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I think if I remember rightly, it was. I'm trying to think. It would have been. I think he was against Alioski. I think we had. Al- if I remember rightly, Alioski played on the right that day. Yeah, I've I've seen to remember Hernandez being on the left and Saez in the middle. Um, yeah, I think it was Alioski that tore him a new one. Uh, in midfield, they've well one that I'd missed completely. Actually, I didn't realise they've they've got Mohamed Besic on loan from Everton. That's not a bad signing. No, I really rated him, but it depends what he's like. He's had two really serious injuries now, so I don't know if he'll be the same player. Yeah. But I always like the look of him. He always threw in, I mean, he's one of them that's always likely to pick up a card because he does absolutely throw himself into tackles. But <laughs> yeah, him, Grant Ledbert is good. And then obviously we've got Clayton and Howson. Yes, the dream. Yeah, they were, I expected Howson to do a bit more this season, actually. I, I mean, I think for, for what was spent, you can say this over so many years for Middlesbrough they, they have been disappointing which obviously why they felt it so easy to get rid of Gary Monk 
as well as him being a snake. Yeah. Um, he was an, under, an underperforming snake. Do you think he'll get on with Steve Evans? <laughs> <laughs> Probably. <laughs> Gary, Gary, I've got some investment ideas for you. Mm, I don't know if I want to be that much of a friend, Steve. Uh, but in, other option in centre mid. We've got loads of centre mids. We've got Lewis Baker on one from Chelsea as well, and he's good. Their their midfield list is it's like ours but better. Yeah. Uh, then we've got Downing, who although he's not what he was, he's still useful. And they're going to have a Dama Traore available because somehow his red card's been rescinded. Have you seen that? Yeah. Yeah, I was watching the video this morning and I found it really confusing. And I actually saw what what can only be described as an entirely reasonable discussion between a Leeds fan and a Middlesbrough fan about it, with the Leeds fan saying, um, I have no idea how this suspension has been overturned. And allegedly, um, Troy was poked in the eye, which caused that reaction. But he still pushes him in the face. Yeah, by the rules, that ju- if that gets proven by the film, that just means the other guy gets banned as well. It doesn't yeah, rescind the first one. If nothing else, I was looking at that thinking, well, it's definitely, you know, it looked a bit soft still, the the way the defender went down. But he just went, well, O'Kane just served four games for this. Uh, you know, it seems to be about the same. Just, I, I'm very surprised it got lifted. Yeah, it was a weird one. And uh, the idea of him running at Anita does scare me a little bit. Yeah, I think he, he didn't get into the game too much at Ellen Road, but when when he did, um, he, he caused some trouble. Hernandez did an all right job just trying to hold him up a bit. And by that, I mean stand in front of him. Um, so, yeah, hopefully having someone like Dallas in the team might be quite good to to help out a bit more. Yeah, he's a little bit more defensive-minded than, than someone like Hernandez. Yeah, well, you would think we'd have that on both sides because uh, like, I would if, I would assume it'll be Dallas and Alioski out wide. Did you see that stat, by the way, that I think Alioski has made more tackles than anyone else in the championship this season? I'm impressed by that. I, I think it was quite good watching the Brentford highlights. One of the things that leads up to one of our chances, Alioski putting in a slide tackle. I was like, oh, well played, Alioski. I know but- you didn't see the full 90 minutes, but I did. He made loads. It was it was like eight or nine challenges for most of anyone on the pitch. Yeah. It was my man It was my man at matching play ratings. He just, he just edged out Cooper. And I don't, I don't know why it surprises me that much because I'm fully aware that he plays as a as a wing back for Macedonia, so I know he can do something of a defensive job. And I've seen him tracking back before with Leeds as well. I'm just surprised it is that high. Yeah, uh, it's very. I'm not surprised that it's loads. I wouldn't have been shocked if they'd have said the highest at Leeds. I've seen plenty of players not putting tackles in for Leeds this season. Yeah, but highest in the league really surprised me. And then up front, they've lost one of them. Martin Brathwaite have spent seven million on his back on loan in France already. But they've uh, they've they've still got a Sambalonga who's got twelve this season. But you know, f- for fifteen million, and he's played pretty much every game. Well, no, he's missed a few. He's had a few, but you know, you'd they would have been expecting better than that for their investment. Was his goal against us? That was a was that a penalty? Yeah. It was the, their penalty was the one you know where that, where uh, Ayala threw Luke Ailing to the floor and then Ailing oh, grabbed Luke his Ailing leg tackled him. and Ailing grabbed his leg and he went down and linesman gave it yeah yeah it was that one uh, I forgot about that they've also got uh, Patrick Bamford and Rudy Gisted that man has had a lot of Championship clubs now yeah Gisted's I mean he's a bit of a he's just he's a, a big unit. target up front isn't he? but that's the sort of thing we struggle to defend against a lot Bamford's decent when he's in form. It's the only thing when you see a list of strikers like that and you just think, don't you just play one up front anyway? Yeah. I know. I know Justed is very much the, right, 15 minutes to go, we need something, get up there, big man. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I, I will say, I don't know anything about Jack Harrison. Uh, well, I was hoping that if anyone did, it'd be you, to be honest. Uh, man City signed him from New York City in, in January. Oh wow! He's an England under twenty one international. I have seen that. Before. I have seen him play a couple of times. He looked really good in MLS. And Man City signed him from New York City, which I'm sure was a very easy deal to do. Yeah, I can. Yeah, yeah. And uh, they sent him straight out on loan to Middlesbrough. Nineteen ninety six. He was born. Jesus, he's young. Um, you say that. Jesus, he's young. Nineteen ninety six. It's two thousand eighteen. 
he's 20 depending on when his birthday is he's 21 or 22 I just get, I just get depressed yeah <laughs> um, just think there are 18 year olds that can drink let's have a look he there are 4 year olds that can he, drink as well <laughs> when the world shut up <laughs> <laughs> He went through Liverpool's and Scum's Academy and then apparently spent a couple of years out and went to Manhattan Soccer Club. Uh, he, he moved to moved to the States at 14. And, oh, anyway, in 2015, Harrison was the Gatorade National Player of the Year for high school soccer. Yes, what an American <laughs> award. Yeah. Um, New York City, 14 goals in 56 appearances, two under 21 caps. Yeah. I can't, I can't say I've seen much of him. Ah, uh, right. But what was it? Ten, last last year in the MLS, 10 goals in 34. Yeah, I'd say he's it, it, more of a like off the front and a wide player than he is an out and out striker. So that's not bad numbers. Personal life: Harrison earned his US green card in March 2017. That is all that is in that section. <laughs> Fair enough. I'm in, I'm in no way jealous. Yeah. Well, uh, if it happens, because uh, we're still waiting on the, the possibility of it being called off, uh, what do you reckon? Uh, let's have a look. They're eighth, aren't they? They're still pushing for that playoff spot. We're all basically pushing for sixth now, aren't we? Fulham pulled away in fifth. Yeah. I think it's pretty much from... You could rope Ipswich into this at 13th. So from 13th to sixth, we're all competing for one playoff spot. Um, I'm going to say I'm going to say we win 1-0 uh, Looking at my phone That's what Connie says as well Fair enough uh, And I'm going to go with a 1-1 draw For me uh, yeah, That seems, re- seems entirely reasonable <laughs> Yeah uh, Next one, bit tougher <laughs> Wolves at home Not fancying this one if I'm being honest no. I mean <laughs> They're actually, it almost worries me more that they haven't won in the last three. Just means we're going to get smashed. So they, they've had their little blip. Uh, yeah, they beat Sheffield United 3-0, QBR 2 and then last three, won all, with Pre- won all at Preston, two all with Norwich and lost 2-0 at Fulham. So they've they uh. done a bit. But I mean, obviously John Ruddy and goal, who's a rate keeper, but he's another one who'll be on massive wages. Yeah. They've got decent defenders. Like I still, we mentioned it last time we played them. I can't believe Connor Cody's turned into such a good centre back. Yeah, they he just looks so comfortable. Yeah, it seems to be. I, I like how you can kind of look through the list and go as, as the as the uh, as you go further up the field, the the names transform from English to vaguely Portuguese and Brazilian. Yeah, it just gets scary with the forward you go. I mean, obviously, back, Ryan Bennett's decent, Willie Bolly's good. That Barry Douglas that's been playing left wing back's been brilliant all season. Yeah, we said it is ridiculous for a man to be called Barry Douglas to be as good as he is. Yeah. Uh, and then in midfield. You don't, get, you don't get many Barrys anymore, do you? No, not all that many. Uh, yeah, midfield, Roman Sice is good. Alfred and Dye's a bit of a powerhouse. Ruben Neves, who we talked about at length last time. Should be at like a top four, top six at worst Premier League club. Uh, and then they've got that Morgan Gibbs White that's coming through that played in under 17 World Cup. But then it's the forwards and wingers that are scary. Uh, Leo Bonatini, he's got 12 this season. Hotter's also got 12. And then after that, we've got even Caviero, Douglas Costa. And you thought going in, Jesus, that's a really ridiculous forward line. So then on the like, back end of transfer window, they signed Benny Kofobi as well. <laughs> I think it's loan with view to a permanent. But Unless they're going with my classic football manager 3-2-5 formation. You just look at that, you, go, you don't even need that many strikers. They are doing that 5-2-3 that Conte sort of plays. Three centre-backs, yeah. wing-backs, two centre-mids, and then three up front. Uh, it's, it's an unbelievable squad they've put together. Yeah, they've do- and I know, I know when you've got it's easy to say when you've got the money that they do, but and as much as the money, the connections. Yes, it's, it's unbelievable, and uh, the the only thing that surprises me at this point is that, that they're still a, well, I say only, uh, it's uh, they're only six points ahead of Cardiff, who are still the worst team <laughs> or one of the worst teams I've seen. Yeah. They're weird out there. I mean, they've beat us like what, three one and four one this season, and in neither game have I thought they looked a good side. <laughs> I've never seen them look good. 
I'd, and any chance I can take, you know, any chance I get to take a bit of a pop at Warnock, I'll happily take it. But it is one of the worst teams I've ever seen that is second in the table. Yeah. Well, obviously, Wolves are top, 73 from 34. Uh, it's kind of a weird game because this part of you with it being at home wants to be optimistic. Uh, Connie's gone for one all. Uh, I would oh, love... Bloody that's optimistic. I would love us to get something from this, but I just I just can't say it. I just think they're too good. I think we'll score. I'll say 3-1 Wolves. Uh, I'm, I'm going to go 2-0 Wolves. Yeah, it's fair enough. They're, they're a really good side. I ain't worrying about if we get beat by them. And if we get some, brilliant. Yeah. yeah and uh, lastly... That's another one on TV as well, isn't it? That's yeah, nice. that, yeah, that's on TV. Borough is on TV on Friday. Wolves on Friday. And then back to an actual like Saturday 3 o'clock game. Uh, Reading away, which is on the Saturday the 10th. Uh, they're 18th in the league, 34 from 34. Stam's just about hanging on. Still passing it across that back line, though. Backwards and forwards. Left to right, centre mid. No, drop it back again. Got to wait for those spaces, boys. Yeah, uh, <sighs> as you'd expect for a team down there, they're not in best of form. They haven't won in the last five. They, they beat Burton before this, but last five uh, lost three-one the Sheffield against Sheffield United. Three-three with Derby, one all at Forest. I've just realised I'm lying about no wins in five. That's just tiredness kicking in. They beat Reading two-one in the middle of this run. Hang on. Do you just say they beat they beat Reading? Yep. You are tired. I am tired. We'll leave all this in. <laughs> <laughs> I am properly tired, apparently. Uh, I can tell you they lost 2-0 at Millwall. I'm going to have to look up who the fuck I meant. <laughs> Someone. Because <laughs> I've definitely, on my notes, written that they won 2-1 against Reading. Is this, is this like a French Civil War type thing? They played themselves and lost. It's very possible. <laughs> um, I just look at the tail. I mean, they still they still need a few a few wins to kind of get out of that relegation battle. I know they're they're 18th, but you know what? I don't need to look at I don't need to look at my phone because the fourth game in the fourth game in the Middlesbrough run is them beating Reading 2-1. Oh, there you go. That's what it is. They lost 2-1 to Borough. <laughs> <laughs> copy and paste copy and paste I wouldn't mind I didn't <laughs> I'm just I was just apparently really tired when I wrote it uh, but yeah um, so it really was no wins in five <laughs> it's just that my it's just that my notes were all over the shop yeah uh, they don't have much of a squad really I mean we've got Chris Gunter who I hate I've always hated Chris Gunter he's a right dirty bastard uh, they They've they've got a cut. I've always liked Gareth McCleary, but I, I, at the same time, he I'm I'm well aware he's nothing special. Was it Gareth McCleary that kept scoring belters against us? Like when it, when he was at Forest? Yeah, well, he got four in that seven three game, didn't he? Yeah, ten goal Tuesday. Yeah, again, Mo Barrow, he's he's a bit quick. Yeah, he's he's a bit of a worry. I mean, we've got Liam Moore at back. He's apparently been good all season. He's been linked to moves back to Premier League. Uh, he's he's another one. He's a good athlete for a centre half, big, strong, quick. So he's, which always bodes well in this division. He's like the opposite of Paul McShane, who they also have. Yeah, uh, Chris Martin there, big wages. Yeah, what like thirty grand a week? Yeah, that we uh, we apparently turned down. Um, in, in, we've got a couple of good midfielders. That John Swift is pretty decent. That Liam Kelly is that young one in it that's quite good. Yeah, I've, I just realised I, I googled Chris Martin without putting footballer in, so I can give you some stats on Coldplay about him if you like. <laughs> there we yeah. go, footballer. I tried to see if he's done anything since he got there. Yeah. They've got Bakuna as well, and he's he's not that great, but his set pieces are pretty good, which always scares me. Yeah, that Bod Varson's got a few this season as well. I think. He's got like five or six. I didn't mind him. He he looked okay. Not again, nothing spectacular. But uh, Chris Martin's season stat. He's got two goals this season. Literally two. And that that's in, that's encompassing the whole season. Yeah. Well, I think it, is that one one for each club. I think. I think so. Yeah. Sky weren't nice enough to break it down that well, but. Yeah. Well, the uh, I'm a, I'm a lot more confident about this one, even though it's away from home. Uh, I think we'll win this one, and I think we'll win it 2-0. We, yeah, we, we seem to have, have very mixed memories of, of there, because I remember Luke Murphy 
leading the charge in a win there. Yeah, he scored a goal from quite a lot from a long way out, didn't he? Yeah. And then I also have memories of Zach Thompson getting sent off and Brown and Pugh going around trying to maim everyone. It was Karachan when they went when his sock was ripped and he was showing the referee and Yeah. I think that was from Danny Pugh's tackle. Yeah, this it was Michael Brown did that clearance, didn't he, and then followed through with a scissor waist high tackle. <laughs> oh brownie. I've just checked Connie's gone for two nil as well. Alright, fair enough. Uh I will go for I'll go for a two one win. Yeah, cool. Yeah, uh, obviously this one was always going to be a bit curtailed, only only two of us via Skype and not that much news has happened. Oh, we still managed to drag it out for an hour. Yeah, well, probably not far off. Uh, we needed to get it out, though, before the Middlesbrough game. So, uh, yeah. yeah, unless you've got oak to add, KC? Uh, no, I just really hope that the game's on tomorrow so I can go out and have fish and chips for lunch. Fish and chips and, well, we'll have kick-off time. That'll work out about late for you, won't it? Because it's eight hours. All right. Yeah, it's a lovely lot be... Is it 11... What, is it 11.45? Uh, sorry, uh, is it 7.45 or 8? Either way. Uh, either way, but I think it's 7.45. I haven't actually written that down, but I think it's 7.45. Yeah, happy days. I'm not working until the afternoon, so I can go out, have a fish and chips, a nice pint of cider, and watch the game, then roll into work. Yeah, well, that's the way to do it. But yeah, it is. <laughs> living the dream. Yeah, well, that'll do us for uh, a slightly curtailed episode 19 of the Mighty Whites podcast. Uh, we're at Mighty Whites Pod on Twitter, we're at MightyWhitesPodcast.com. The podcast goes up on uh, Stitcher, SoundCloud, YouTube, anything that's attached in any way to iTunes that comes through the website. So it should show up on nearly every podcast player you'll get. Uh, the stuff we write goes up on through it altogether, which is at THRU, it's all LUFC. Uh, we should be back up to a full compliment for the next one, which it'll be shortly after the Reading game uh, but thanks very much for listening I've been Jack bye I've been Casey I'll see you later are you sure you're not Connie this time uh, well you know I have my moments uh, you on your best day isn't Connie <laughs> that's a fair point yeah well thanks very much for listening see ya yep yeah.